Start unexpected and finish unforgettable. Hey Simon, I'm Erin from San Diego. As a product manager, I'm asked more and more to speak in front of a bunch of people. I'm not yet enjoying it, but I'm getting better. Can you share a bit of your preparation process, some tips and tricks? If you are bored while presenting, your audience is already asleep. I will share with you eight steps on how to prepare a badass presentation. And here is what you get. Step one, marinate. Step two, state. Step three, path. Four, booster. Five, start. Six, compose. Seven, pre-stage. Eight, stage. Let's do this. Start unexpected and finish unforgettable. In 17 years of advising entrepreneurs from New York to Beijing, I heard and I gave a lot of presentations. Most of them were really boring or badly done. And some of them, they were catapults for the audience and helped them grow their wings. So of course I was curious what makes the difference between the two and what can be done in the preparation phase to be more on that part of the people who are catapults for growing wings. So I talked to a lot of people, I observed a lot of people, I studied and I put eight steps together that I want to share with you and also I would love to hear what works for you. Step one, marinate. There is a magic in starting something and um, if you know our Sprint University productivity courses, you know that there is the Seigernick effect. So whenever you start something, you can take a very first small action and then let it marinate. But bo both is important. First, take the first small action. So when you start uh, the keynote, basically you, you start it very early when you say, okay, I will deliver this presentation in nine months. And now you write a project name and you start a, a, a doc. I, I use the Google Doc. So I give this presentation a name, a working title, and I start writing just three keywords in it. And then I let it marinate. So what happens over the next days? I go and have lunch with a friend. I will filter our conversation through this without doing it. So my subconscious will do it. That's the Seigernick effect. There is this innate tension in it. So Bluma Seigernick, she observed that waiters would remember open orders far better than paid ones. And Kurt Levin in the field theory showed that a task which is started has an innate tension and carries this tension. Even if you interrupt it and do something else, your brain is still working on it. It's like when you uh, have a big question to solve and then go to sleep and the next day you wake up and say, oh, I have the... I have an idea for the solution because your brain was working all the time on it. So you say yes to the keynote, you start a Google Doc or something that you can work on on your phone from everywhere, anytime. And, and then you just let the material find you instead of working hard on finding the material because material is everywhere. It's just about creating the filter and the system that will work for you. 
then you let it marinate. It's like when cooking. You let it be, you give it a nice place and you let it stir. Then you do something else. In the article version of this, which is on strategiesprints.com slash articles, you will find also my pictures of my current preparation for the strategy masterclass. So how I prepare physically and um, step by step. So I will make pictures and put them in. Now let's go to step two. You start with the end point. This is counterintuitive. You don't start with the beginning, you start with the end. You can study the masters Stephen Colbert or Pharrell Williams on how they do it. Stephen Colbert creates every day a show and the first question he asks himself is which emotional state do I want to share today with the audience? Pharrell Williams stated in an interview that usually when he has a great idea for a great song, it does go wrong. It's not that great because only one small part of his brain was involved. It was different when he was writing happy. He just asked himself one question and hold it for long enough, open and let it marinate. The question was, how does a guy look like who is so happy that nothing in the world can bring him down? And he let this question marinate over weeks and then happy uh, happened. And uh, you know, it became bestseller. The rest followed automatically and he described it as being an effortless uh, way of doing it. So give the audience a clear sense of where you want to take them up front, but you are not giving away the destination. You are sharing a guide to the journey. Your talks never quite click when you are not clear of the final destination, the place you want your audience to get to. So, and it's not so much about the big insight, it's more about the state you want your audience to walk away in. Two questions you can ask yourself in this phase is, how do I want the audience to feel? And what do I want the audience to walk away with? Four examples of four possible endpoints. One, a different lens and or perspective on something so that they can see topic XYZ in a complete new way. Two, a challenge around an assumption that may be getting in the way of them doing the work needed in topic XYZ. Three, a useful tool or framework they can apply to all kinds of situations regarding topic XYZ. Four, inspiration to take some kind of action right now. Step three, now you describe the visual part with all its ups and downs and slow bits and fast bits. This is important because most of the boring presentations, if you observe while listening to presentations, when are you tuning out? You will learn a lot. And one part where people tune out is when it gets monotonous, when it gets flat. So it's not a flat road. It's a landscape, like you're hiking with them on a mountain or a series of mountains. And um, you, so there is different speed, different modulation, different lights, different shades. There are different obstacles to overcome and emotions that come with that obstacles. So you need to feel like you're continually progressing with the presenter along a journey. And um, of course, 
the best presenters uh, make it feel like it's improvised and it's happening, but they have a framework um, behind it that uh, we will see in a moment. Step four, the boosters. Now to modulate it, make sure that you have small cycles that um, of fact, bridge, emotion, fact, bridge, emotion, fact, bridge, emotion. So you need emotional parts in uh, in these small loops and you need uh, a series of emotional parts what can be an emotional part it can be you are asking them a question which is a bit a shaming it's a bit a taboo and they have to answer it with their neighbor or you are asking them to tell you their three words on this topic or you are asking them to try an exercise to try a tool or framework right now so you are connecting to them here and now and to their situation and their context. So you are bringing their world into the here and now. These are the emotional moments. Can be, of course, you let them sing a song or you are singing a song. Can also be. The point is to connect on an emotional level and to bring the here and now, to bring their context, which is there, uh, to bring it into the here and now. Three errors I see people making at this stage is they make the frame too complex so you need a framework and the framework you can take this one or another one but the framework because usually keynotes do not click if the presenter doesn't have a framework in his mind so you need a framework but three errors to avoid don't make the framework too complex not more than three to seven points eight points is uh, maximum and everything else is too much and, and don't use more than three words on a slide. Then, second error I see, the frame overtakes the experience. So if you're using slides, the slides are just the background. They are not the experience. You, you and your voice and what you are telling is the experience. The rest is just a background, an amplifier. So if it becomes the experience, then you have, uh, you have it wrong. Third, no frame at all. If you have no frame, then it will be hard to say, yes, I'm going with you to the journey if I have the feeling that your journey doesn't have a structure. Step five, now you can start with the opening story. Um, I know it's counterintuitive, but now is the right moment to start with the opening story because now you decide on which angle to enter the landscape. If you want to study a master, go on YouTube and click Clay Shirky. He, to me, is one of the absolute masters of the opening stories. They are typically very entertaining, very personal, very unique. So opening story is the angle you are going to get in. I personally try to have an opening story that is personal, that is real. I change, of course, the characters because usually it's my children, my wife, my clients. So I try to change a little bit the details not um, to, to expose them, uh, but I try to take the real emotion that was happening there and to work with that pattern because then it's genuine, it's relatable, people will click in and go the journey with you. Step six. Now you take all these steps, that um, all these packages that you built and you compose them, you orchestrate them to a choreography. Now put the work in. This takes hours and hours because it's important. You will see the pictures of how I do it in the article. 
strategiesprints.com slash articles. I, I show you how I do that physically uh, with the yellow post-its and the white post-its and how I, I, I use them physically. And the question here is, can you over-prepare? So how much should I prepare, Simon? It's what people usually ask. You cannot over-prepare, you can over-rehearse. So preparing takes lots of time. Take hours, take days to prepare a presentation. Rehearsing, limit the time to um, a limit that you feel comfortable with. Like for example, 17 years ago, I had to um, do the strategy speech in front of the board of BMW and my boss said to me, Simon, you will prepare, you will rehearse this speech 10 times, you will tell it to the world tonight and tomorrow morning you will be prepared to talk in front of the CEO of BMW about that. And of course I did it and it was very appropriate and it was great. Now, uh, many years later, I don't rehearse 10 times in front of the wall anymore. I try to be natural and spontaneous in the way I present, but I put in the work of preparing it um, more than 10 times. So the content cannot be over-prepared. The way you deliver it needs to be genuine and natural, so limit it to the point where you feel good about um, communicating it. And that can, of course, be very different depending on how experienced you are. But that was the preparation, and it's important that you enjoy the experience. So what do the master communicators do? They play with uh, incidents happening, with people asking them stuff or looking at them in a weird way. They make it material or the microphone is broken. You make it to the material. So you take it in, it's wind on your windmill and uh, you take it in, you're enjoying it because you know that the framework is safe. You know where you want to go. So you can take everything that happens, even great misadvantages. You just take them in and it's material of your work. Step seven, the pre-stage. I learned this from Brené Brown. She said, before you walk on that stage, ask yourself, how will this talk benefit the people in the room? Of course, you did it in the steps before when preparing, you did ask yourself this, but now it's about remembering. Now it's about bringing yourself in the state which gives your best version of yourselves on stage, because there is lights there and there is stuff going on there so there is stress and how can you be the best version of yourself under that pressure so she says ask yourself how will this talk benefit the people in the room because if you ask that and remember yourself what you are giving then you are in a state of giving and not of presenting which is of course much more powerful and much more relaxed and you are not thinking so much about how they perceive you you are thinking about much more how can you give your best which is a strong state to be and then step eight you walk on stage and you rock that thing now i love to follow the advice of jerry seinfeld and who says be loud be clear and be relaxed i'm also very curious what do you do what helps you when you are on stage and um, what did you find to work best? 
So I hope this was helpful and see you next week. Um, as mentioned, you will find the long version of this and also the photos of the examples on strategiesprints.com slash articles. And yeah, keep rolling. Hi, entrepreneurs. No matter if you are going from zero to one or from one to 10, you are not alone. Our community of over 16,000 entrepreneurs has done remarkable stuff in the last few years. We've seen single parents start their business and grow it to seven figures. We've even seen couples succeed as entrepreneurs together in life and work. Now, we've created workshops that can propel you to freedom and growth without needing to fly away from family and friends. Our new workshops work from anywhere, anytime, on any device. Let us help you be found when you are needed the most by the clients you truly want to work with. Check strategysprints.com to build up your business and have fun doing it. Mm -hmm.